I'm Nancy Newkirk with FN Ranch in Lexington, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello Texas, another week is rolling and we've got another episode rolling for Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me, buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, a new bill in Congress will protect property rights here in Texas when it comes to the high-speed rail debate. And that's getting a positive reaction from agriculture here in the state. We'll have that story coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Finding the herbicides they need is a dilemma many producers face right now. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today... We'll hear from a Texas High Plains cotton farmer on how herbicide shortages are affecting his planting decisions. Corn planters are rolling in the coastal bend, but farmers need rain to get their crop off to a good start. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas is still getting effects from wintry weather. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas Congressman Kevin Brady and Jake Elsey have introduced the High Speed Rail Land Acquisition Assurance Act to protect the property rights of Texas landowners. That move has drawn praise from the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. Arthur Uhl is vice president of the TSCRA. Well, TSCRA is concerned about the impacts that the high-speed rail would have to producers, to ranchers and farmers uh, because of the very wide swath of right-of-way that would be required uh, to go from city to city. And um, you can imagine the impact that it would have when your ranch or your farm is, is, is cut, is bisected by a huge, I believe it's 300-foot right-of-way. Uhl says the use of eminent domain by a private company is a big concern to cattle producers and other landowners across the state of Texas. Texas cotton producers can now enroll in the Cotton Trust Protocol. U.S. cotton farmers are being reminded that now is the time to enroll and enter data for the Cotton Trust Protocol. The Cotton Trust Protocol is a farm-level science-based program. Dr. Deepika Mistra, Global Sustainability Manager for Cotton Council International, joins us with more on what inclusion in the protocol means for its members. 
It's focused on continuous improvement of six key environmental metrics like your land use, soil carbon, water management, soil loss, greenhouse gas emissions, and energy efficiency. In addition, it also addresses the social aspect from worker well-being to farm safety. In simple terms, it adds credibility. The deadline to enroll or enter data for the program is March 31st. Sign up at TrustUSCotton.org. That is TrustUSCotton.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Cold February temperatures are being felt in most of Texas, and it's important to make sure your cow herd has the nutrition needed to get through this tough time of year. Braden Hawkins is with Ridley Block Operations here in Texas. You know, this time of year, we need to keep in mind we're not only feeding the cow, we're also feeding the rapidly growing calf that's inside of her belly. Um, as we get in this last trimester and getting closer to calving, I mean, that's about the time where 70% of fetal growth takes place. So, you know, it's not really the right time of year to be putting on condition on your cows, but it's certainly not the time of year where we need to be slacking any either because you're feeding a cow that's about to be supporting new calves. Hawkins says it's important to know the nutrient content of your winter forages. Then you can build a supplementation program from there with a product like Crystalix or Sweetlix. Finding a supply of herbicides is a dilemma many Texas farmers are facing right now. James Hunt tells us it may be affecting some Texas High Plains farmers' planting decisions. Like pretty much every producer in the country, Barry Evans of Cress is up against a big challenge when it comes to inputs. And as Evans prepares for spring planting, it's not just the hugely inflated cost of inputs that's a problem, it's also the scarcity of some products, which could influence what type of cotton he grows this season. On my farm, the variety of cotton I plant will largely be determined by what herbicide traits I can get in the cotton. Because with the shortage of glyphosate, the shortage of glyphosinate, it's quite an issue. So that could actually drive some varieties, which I hate for that to drive varieties. I really pick my varieties for quality and for yield and for yield stability. But we really could be looking at herbicide traits as being an important factor. So that's another angle on the quandary farmers face with inputs. But going back to the budgetary implications, the enormous jumps in input cost mean cotton prices must stay up to assure finishing above break-even. At the level we are now, yes, we can probably make a profit. If it doesn't stay here, uh, you know, it could be really ugly. So there's a lot of concern with these high input costs. And can the price stay where it's at or not? We don't know. And unfortunately for Evans, the opportunity for marketing maneuvers has become limited due to another concern. As your water declines, you don't have the yield stability to guarantee what you can contract. So try and lock in that price with low water is really difficult because we don't have that yield stability. Evans is certainly not alone when it comes to having lost irrigation capacity. In tomorrow's report, we'll hear more from Evans on why water supply issues make soil health an important consideration for local producers. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Corn planting is getting underway in the coastal bend of Texas. Tom Nicoletti checks in with one coastal bend farmer. 
We go to San Patricio County in the town of Mathis, where we will talk with Colin Chapeles. He is a corn farmer there uh, in South Texas. And uh, Colin, you and uh, at least a few of the farmers in the Coastal Bend have started uh, your corn planting. So far, how has it been going here in uh, the middle of February? Well, so far, most people are beginning to get started and few people started last week and more this week. Certainly would like to have some more moisture off the dry, but we're getting some corn in the ground where moisture is available. Yes, you certainly do need more precipitation in that part of the state as others in uh, across Texas do as well. What challenges do you face with the low moisture levels at this time? We're having to really plant this corn deep and we're adjusting our populations for the potential of continued dry weather going forward and just trying to make the best we can of the fields that have moisture and hoping we pick up some precipitation on the fields that are a little dry yet. About how much uh, rainfall have you received, uh, let's say, since January 1st? We've received less than an inch of rain, and that's all come maybe one to two tenths at a time. Now, you get a little closer to the coast, and the coastal bend, and they've had more rain. But even some of those areas are starting to dry up with these dry, cold fronts coming in. How much rainfall would you need to get those uh, seeds germinated in a timely fashion? Well, at this point, we'd take what we can get. A good one to two inch rain would sure make things more generally better in this area. It seems to be a a little hard to get motivated to get going. You know, even though we have really good commodity prices, and that's exciting, but lack of rainfall and the extremely high input costs on the fertilizer and chemical side just kind of made it difficult to to really want to get out there and get after it. That is Coastal Bend farmer Colin Chapeles. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Extreme South Texas is feeling the effects of winter weather. Jim Hearn has an update from the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas is still under the influence of wintry weather that has plagued most of the state. Now, valley temperatures dip below freezing for a very short time and no damage should occur. As we near the first anniversary of the Valentine's Day freeze of 2021, more citrus groves are being replanted and some, well, are being pushed out. It's going to be very interesting to see the final acreage figures once we get through with all the planting and replanting. Well, the sugarcane harvest is still ongoing. Cane looks good and, well, citrus, of Valencia oranges and some grapefruit still being harvested there. The cold weather has stopped most of planting. Soil temperatures have really plunged since the cold damp weather set in, and it may be late February before it resumes, and then, well, producers will really be in a rush to get all the row crops in. The young onion crop, well, it fared very well through the cold weather, and young watermelons are also looking good. Water supplies at Amistad and Falcon Reservoir continue to decline, but the recent rains, we should not see a really large demand for pre-planting irrigation. Vegetable planting should also resume when soil temperatures warm up. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley reporting for Texas Ag Today. There are hundreds of supplements on the market for pets. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Need money for college? 
Between the state and county farm bureaus, more than $693,000 in scholarships is awarded to high school seniors, enrolled college students, and technical college students. You could be one of them. These scholarships and awards are another way Texas Farm Bureau invests in the future of Texas agriculture. Find out if you qualify on texasfarmbureau.org. That's texasfarmbureau.org. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in scholarships is waiting for you to apply. The application deadline is March 1st. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. There are hundreds of supplements on the market for pets. Dr. Bob Judd says the newest one is CBD. It is important to understand the difference between hemp products and marijuana. Hemp products must contain less than 0.3% THC, and these products are widely available and legal in many states. Marijuana is still illegal on a federal level despite different legal status on a state level. The number of products available is great, and choosing between them is very difficult. Realize these are not FDA-approved products because they are classified as food supplements and not drugs, and consequently, the testing required of drugs is not required of these CBD products. Basically, these products could have the ingredients they claim on the label, but may not and could even be toxic. So the best thing you can do when choosing one of these products is to look for the Certificate of Analysis, or COA, by an ISO laboratory. This certificate says the company has had the product analyzed, and it contains what the label says it contains. So look for an ISO certificate of analysis, and if the company is unwilling to give you a certificate of analysis, it's best to choose another product. The certificate of analysis includes the CBD concentration in milligrams and also provides information about the presence of other chemicals, contaminants, or heavy metals. Although the certificate of analysis, or COA, is not a silver bullet, it is a good idea to get a certificate of analysis on CBD or any other nutraceutical used in your animals. A recent study looked at multiple CBD products and found that many products did not contain the amount of CBD on the label as some had too little and some had an increased amount. So for CBD or any nutraceutical product for your animals, ask for a certificate of analysis. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas is now included in surveillance efforts for avian influenza. Jessica Domel tells why in today's Wildlife Report. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is expanding its testing of wild birds for highly pathogenic avian influenza to include Texas, which is in the Central Flyway. USDA's Gary Crawford joins us with more. Last month, that surveillance along the Atlantic Migratory Flyway turned up some wild birds with the virus in the Carolinas and Florida, and now, with high-path bird flu detected in a commercial turkey operation in Indiana along the Mississippi Flyway, Dr. Juliana Linnick with USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service says... We have been given additional resources to expand surveillance in the central and Mississippi flyways, so the essentially the middle of the country. The surveillance program is already focused on collecting 16,500 wild bird samples. This expansion will add another 14,500 samples. Detecting avian influenza in wild birds can offer an early warning for commercial poultry operations that the virus may be in their area. That was USDA's Gary Crawford. 
According to APHIS, the Wild Bird Surveillance Program is being enlarged so they can test birds that may interact with wild birds from Europe and Asia and may carry the avian disease. As Crawford mentioned, the surveillance program is designed to give the U.S. a better idea of the distribution of highly pathogenic avian influenza, or HPAI. It also ensures APHIS and the poultry industry are able to implement enhanced biosecurity measures and rapidly respond to any cases of HPAI to reduce the risk of its spread. HPAI is a serious disease that is highly contagious and often fatal to chickens. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. We did not have any market trade on Monday because of the President's Day holiday. So we'll take a look back at how things wrapped up on Friday coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. is National FFA Week, February 19th through the 26th, and FFA students across the country are celebrating and sharing the FFA story. I'm National FFA Eastern Region Vice President Mallory White from the state of Kentucky. National FFA Week is a time to share what FFA is and the impact it has on its members. It is the top school-based youth leadership organization and cultivates and nurtures future leaders who will change how the world grows. Share your FFA stories during hashtag FFA Week. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. All of our agricultural markets closed on Monday for the President's Day holiday. So here's a quick look back at how things wrapped up on Friday. We had a mixed close in the cattle complex with live cattle finishing lower across the board, while feeder cattle were lower on the nearbys, higher on the deferreds. February live cattle down 15 cents, 143.25. The April down 90 at 145.87. June live cattle down 65 cents, 141.50. March feeder cattle dropped 77 to close the week at 165.42. April feeders down 30 at one. 170.85. May feeder cattle finishing 17 higher, 175.90. Cash fed cattle market last week, wrapping up the week, selling most of our cattle here in the south at 142, a few at 142.50. That's overall about two bucks higher compared to the previous week. Up north, we saw dressed cattle selling at 226. That's two bucks higher as well. Boxed beef was lower on Friday. Choice down three cents at 269.59. Select down a dollar 23 at 264.85. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pins with Larry Marble. When you hear auctioneer Troy sound off, it's time to talk to Carl Herman about the sale he had this last Wednesday in Caldwell. Carl, I understand from the buyers and sellers it was a good one. Larry, we had a great sale yesterday for 123 consigners. 45 buyers are on a higher steady market on cows and calves. Uh, on the cows, had about 75 cows and bulls. Slaughter cows, 40 to 84. Slaughter bulls, 80 to 108. Stocker cows, 1125 to 1300. And pairs eleven fifty to twenty one fifty. Uh, on the uh, steers, on the calves, two to three weight steers brought one seventy five to two twenty two. Three to four weights, one eighty four to two twenty seven. Four to five weights, one seventy five to two thirty. Five to six weights, one sixty to one eighty five. 
Six to seven weight steers, 150 to 172. Seven to eight weights, 135 to 163. On the uh, heifer side, two to three weight heifers, 165 to 182. Three to four weights, 160 to 207. Four to five weights, 155 to 195. Five to six weights, 150 to 182. Six to seven weights, 145 to 169. And uh, seven to eight weight heifers, 143 to 153. Do you know of anything coming next week? Yes, sir. I've got a few groups of uh, calves coming uh, that I know of. Uh, you know, we're starting to get some... Uh, uh, calves uh, that have been weaned for you know since the fall and and uh, people kind of held them over a little bit and uh, got one group of about 25 another one about 45 so uh, we look for another uh, another good sale next week well those ought to sell well and then when the man that buys them gets them they'll turn flips i bet you they uh, they're straightened out and ready to go Tell everybody how to contact you. Okay. My number is 979-820-5349. Call the barn, 567-4119. Or if you're in the Giddings area, call Max Ebner at 540-8676. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble here in Central Texas reporting for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs continue to climb sharply higher. April hogs up $1.82 on Friday to close at one hundred nine forty. While May hogs were up 202, closing at 113.35. Class three milk was mixed. February milk down a penny at 2087 100 weight. March milk up six, 22.41. The cotton market into the week on a higher note Friday. March cotton up 106 points, 122.99. October cotton up 87 at 107.06. December cotton up 48. 102.49. The Russia-Ukraine situation continues to spook the grain markets. A lot of uncertainty heading into the weekend on Friday. Of course, Ukraine is one of the world's largest wheat and corn exporters. So that has traders very nervous about what's going to happen with this situation. When we wrapped up the trade on Friday, March corn was up four and a quarter, 654 and a quarter. New crop September corn up a penny at 608 and three quarters. The wheat market also higher on the Russia Ukraine situation. Hard wheat getting the biggest boost. July Kansas City wheat up 11 and three quarters, 840 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat up a half at $8, three quarters of a cent. In the energy markets, March natural gas was down six cents at 442. March crude oil down 41 at 91.35 a barrel. The financial markets lower on Friday afternoon. The Dow down 190 points, 34,121. The Nasdaq down 149 points at 13,567. The S&P down 24 at 4,355. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.